The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. Thanks for uh, participating in today's show, and thanks for listening. Don't forget to go see Black and Abdallah tonight, Bears Night in Chicago with Miller oh, Light, Anastasia's in Antioch. Yeah. Lance Briggs will be alongside. Anastasia to the, the fun place to the stage. The fun place, Anastasia. It's not that kind of place. Oh, Jeez, I didn't say it was. Uh, I don't know. You're Just calling to that. Anastasia to the uh, stage. I mean, man, the time to thank send. you to Black That's and Abdallah. Right. Time for crosstalk. Brought to you by Club Hawthorne and the betting bars featuring horse racing video slots. Yeah. Sports don't, betting and more. Don't they have Eddie? Uh, Eddie, Eddie Jackson. Uh, the go watch the tape of the oh, last two drives. No, and I see if you can understand why Eddie Jackson decided not to go tonight. Oh, Eddie, Eddie canceled. Uh, Lance Briggs will be with the guys tonight. Let's not worry about it. We don't have to air dirty laundry, Tommy. It's not dirty laundry. Just uh, asking a question. Yeah, go watch those last two no, drives. No, I know, I know, Ooh. I know. Eddie Jackson. Yeah, I tell you, that's wow. the one thing that you can't depend upon either. Sometimes is a. Um, Listen, a member of a sports team showing up after a loss. It's, it, well, especially when you know that, well, especially when that player you makes how, $14 million you know, a year. you know how yeah. many games we lost and I showed up to an event? I know. Because he, they were giving me $1,000. Well, you needed every penny. Up. That's right. Yeah, if you were sure. making 14 schmil, though, I, you'd probably be like, I you know what? I'm going to take a pass on this one. Uh, I was waiting for those guys to ask me to come on down. For how much? You bet your sweet Aiken Panachki's oh, I'm coming. They can't afford you. No, no way. What are you talking about? How many There's times no was Kyle Long on call? the race? Yeah, I mean, look, we, per- we perfected that. A lot, yeah. Uh, he is ugly, boys, and I know the coach is coming up with you guys. And you can get yeah, into it a little in bit. In eight minutes. In eight minutes. But uh, they keep finding new ways, oh, you know. Boy. It's a, a historic, historic loss. Historic loss. Uh, you found a way to lose that nobody in the history of football it's wild. found a way to lose. But you did it. Congratulations. I heard you guys talking, too. Like, boy, that was a collective oh, failure. Yeah. Like, players, oh, yeah. approach, all of it. It's just, like, at some point when you're rebuilding, you have... Uh, Johnny, I think we argued about this a little bit last year, learning how to win. I didn't argue with it. You, you and I were on the same page. Well, no, no I, I wasn't, was on my I wasn't side. bothered Somebody by how they there. lost. No, no, hey, no, no, no. Let, 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 let's no, hey, let's honest, remember what it was. That's why I said hey. That's why I said it. No, I, I was I was yeah. I was with Sylvia. And, and on that I front. stand by it. Come here. I stand we had by lunch it. together yesterday. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. yeah, we broke bread together. He was like bread. this guy with his feet with his with his feet off. And first of all, feet off. off, not my feet off. Feet what off. I, what my he took his he took his actual foot came off. His shoes were off. What the hell are you talking about? You have a peg leg? Did you didn't tell us about? Oh, I do. You didn't know that. He's a transformer. Be careful. Yesterday, and then he's Johnny the Transformer. He's like, you're not watching. In the replay, he was the replay. He was watch the replay. Football, and he did his little video, which is his want. So he does his little video, right? And then he's over there, like improving upon the video. And I'm like, I, I make a point on the television, and he's like, Yeah, I saw it. And he's got his head in his phone. I'm like, You're not watching the game. These are important things that are happening during a game. You're not watching the game. If anything. 
You are being a distraction in our room of sanctity. Okay. Okay. Five minutes later, sanctity. he's rooting for horse number nine. Yeah. And I go to Peggy. Yeah. I go, are you used to yeah. this? And Peggy points to her ear, her earphones. Oh, yeah. That's why I've got my earphones yeah. she, in. She listens to well, Joe and Thayer. Right. And Peggy chronicles everything. I know she does. Thank goodness Chronicles for you. Chart at all? Why? She's the host of the show. What are you talking about? <laughs> I bring hey, my easy pack. I bring my, I bring my forty-five years of football experience to the party. That's what we should call Peggy, Peggy, in, the Peggy, Peggy in the peg leg. Peggy in the peg leg. He does He watches the tape and he immediately, he immediately points Welcome out. Welcome to Chicago. Where are we from, girls? The deficiencies. They're from Chicago. St. Patrick's. They are from the north side. It looks like hundred percent correct. Good for you guys. Enjoy the day. All right. Yes. Get yourself some tea and some crumpets. Johnny the That'll welcomer. Fine. Yeah. Is he, is he freshly caffeinated? He's no, good. I didn't no, have any good. coffee. He's been, but no he's, coffee. he's been fired up. I, he, I got him to watch tape, tape this morning. So you know he's fired up when he's sitting not watching tape. I'm fired up because I was moments away from being a genius. Oh, oh, I was away. 15 minutes on a real clock yeah. away from being a genius. Not even. Four minutes and 15 seconds on an NFL clock away from being a genius, for being the prognosticator of the uh, genius and genius. Family. You got to remember family. I got you. Kingdom. The whole thing. Yeah. Phylum. All of them. But I was going to be a genius. Phylum. Instead of being a genius, I ended up being a fool like Eberflus. No, really. no, you didn't. I murked him, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of I murked sent him. a text that I was like, the good kid nailed this one. And then like, hey, four yeah, I thought it too, though. We were <laughs> celebrating <laughs> him in our text chat. Uh, yeah. Yes. And Pe- I'm t- I thought Peggy to myself I, watching him, I'm like, man, Yurko called it. Yeah, yeah. Peggy and I were actually high-fiving. Yeah. We're high-fiving, talking about how great this victory is, not only for us, but the city of Chicago, for the Chicago Bears, for everybody in the building. This is it a really great is unfathomable that they lost that game. And I then mean, it's, like, it's like, you know, I was it's, out. It's like, what? Sunbathing, and somebody just dropped a big pile of elephant poop right on me. For 54 minutes, like, that defense was, I know. was fantastic. Now, go watch those final two the drives. La- the last minute and 45 of the first half, they went 75 yards for the touchdown, and then the yeah. final four minutes of the second half, 75, I mean, 75. 148 yards for two touchdowns and a two-point conversion. It's unbelievable. It really is. It's yeah, like and, a tale of two games. And it's missed tackles. It's getting, letting guys get out of bounds. Well, getting out the of clock. bounds. The Laporta uh, tackle. The, the Jameer Gibbs the, not the tackle by your million-dollar man. The blitz where you send two blitzers that are so far from the snap of the ball yes. that they're not even contacting the O-line until the ball is out of Jared Goff's I'm going to tell you this. What kind of a scheme are we and, running and here? If we played Reggie I, I White mean, it, 63% of the time. And that's another thing. Why? Chased, they would have chased the Ray Rhodes and Fritz Shermer out of Green Bay if they only played 63% of the time. It's a platoon time. system, so guys. I told you. Not for your studs. How is with ten days? How is Montez Sweat on the field for 63% he, he of the snaps? He said Patsy brought the stat that Aiden yeah. Hutchinson played 93% or 92%. Hey, Billingsley. Jones. Right, right. Uh, Pickens. And he said that's how Dexter. we do it. We platoon it. They so get platoon. Even, even if you didn't get to 92, like, shouldn't it be 80%? Of course. Of course. Fritzy Sherman like, would have been chased out of town. Ray Rhodes, oh, they would have chased out question. of town. 63%. 63%. And I told Yurko, the, the other thing that they miss, you guys, like, in a game like yesterday, you, I'm telling you, T.J. Watt, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons. Somebody, somebody makes a play. Somebody gets to the somebody quarterback. Somebody gets to the quarterback. And makes a play. And, like, I know, the Bears don't have those guys. You're like, duh, you're talking about the four best defensive players in the leagues. But, um, but like, that is what they're still Carmine, missing. Carmine. It is what they're missing. In those last two drives, nobody on that front four could no, step up and no, make a play. And then you nobody. flip it around offensively. And, and, and I don't care how old Tyler Scott is. 
You've got to you've got to run under the ball and make the catch. Got You're a professional. You saw that that got hesitation. Like you run through the football. Right, you gotta run through the football. You can't yes. lean for the football. Like Thank that's you. a good throw. It's a yes, good read. He could have even thrown the cross he to, to, DJ. to DJ, but I'm not gonna hate on I'm, him for I'm making a good read and a good throw. I'm not the either. game should be over. Tommy, it should that's be a over. good read. I agree with you. That's you not unjust. That's a great game. That that's right there, that's game. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, game. That's game. And by the way, for all of the game people that are match. screaming about taking the ball out of Justin's hands, it was a good play call too. Yeah, it's a good play call. Yeah, two guys you were had two open. guys open. Yeah, you had two guys open. And You're... on the second play, it's a read option. So the ball's in the hands of your quarterback. He made the right read, and they defensively. Now you want to argue that they should have thrown a pass? That's a different conversation. But the ball was in the hands of your best playmaker. Yeah, and that play had netted them. He carried the ball nine times for like fifty-five yards on Off read of those option read plays. Options, yeah, because the Detroit Lions don't play that. That yeah. they play that that style differently than others. You can bet that the Vikings will play him differently. Mm. They may not have any more success against him because he was very, very Boy, good. That team blitzes clean. a lot. Oof. Yeah, and they don't let you there get the go. edge. They don't. Like Daniil Hunter is not going to yeah, let you get on true. the outside yeah. of him. Yeah. He just won't. He won't do it. He'll force you inside. All right, so we're going to take your calls, 312-332-3776. Yeah, Coach is uh, just about ready. All right, boys. We're ready. uh, We'll have a great show. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Coach Fluce is up in the wild. He'll be next, okay? All right. There you go. So uh, we'll we'll continue to take your phone calls. Matt Eberflus, the the Bears head coach, joining us here in uh, just a moment. Bears lose yesterday uh, in Detroit after having a uh, 12-point lead late. Let's bring him in right now. He's the head coach of the Bears. He joins us right now on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. He's Matt Eberflus. Uh, Coach, uh, when you wake up this morning and you're thinking about the game, what bothered you most about what happened down the stretch? Yeah, so I was really, uh, you know, obviously we uh, love the way we started the game, you know, with the drive, with the drive to start the game on offense, and uh, that was really good. I thought uh, Justin operated well and handled the the noise, you know, because you know it's been been a while since he's played, and I thought that he looked really good, and really sharp uh, for that first drive. I don't think we had a, a third down on that first one, you know, and then started on defense. You know, he started out with two interceptions, you know, and again we didn't score any points off of those. Um, but, uh, you know, again, we did in the, in the third quarter. We scored 10 points off of those turnovers. So that was a really good start. And obviously the time of possession um, was uh, was in our favor as well. You know, and then, you know, for 56 minutes, we did a really good job of, uh, of controlling that football game. And then obviously what you're referring to is, is the last last part of it. And uh, we have to do a better job of executing our, our two-minute defense and our four-minute offense uh, during that time. And, and that's what uh, obviously – uh, we're we're looking at to do a better job today, and and as coaches and players, and and we got to get that done. But there was a lot of progress there, and and a lot of good things to take away from that game. Uh, Coach, in those moments, those two minute moments, wh- where is it going wrong? It happened at the end of the first half as well. I think with a minute forty five, the Lions were able to drive it seventy five yards for the score, and you just referenced the last four minutes. What is different about those? situations in the game versus the other 54 minutes of the game where your guys played very well. Yeah, you know, it's really always about execution, you know, of of our of the calls and and again it's never just the players, it's always the coaches, the coaches coach those players to execute. And uh again, we got to do a better job in those moments like we did at the end of the uh, the half at New Orleans, uh, we did a really good job in the two minute situation there, and like we did at the end of the game at Carolina, uh, we finished that game out the right way, offense and defense, and uh, you know so that's what we have to do. Uh, Coach, when, when when you look at it, I understand that you 
you had a tough job to do coming in during the rebuild. And I understand what happened last year against Detroit. Um, early in the rebuild, you blew a two-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter against the same Lions team. So, uh, like, a lot of people said, all right, uh, there's a building process. But the the Denver game, it was a 21-point lead, and it was the largest blown lead in franchise history going back to 2002 against the Patriots and 1953 against the Niners. This game... No team had ever had a plus three turnover margin in 40 minutes of possession time and lost the game in NFL history. We're talking about historic losses here, and I know you want to accentuate the positives, but this is a win and loss business. Do you take responsibility for overseeing these historic collapses? I would just say that we, uh, I certainly do take responsibility for that, but I also say this, that we have to move to the next week. Um, you know, no one feels sorry for you in the NFL. We have to f- focus on Minnesota. And, uh, again, the players we're in today, uh, we held each other accountable watching the tape and looked at what we can get better at. And then we're moving on to, to Minnesota um, coming up here. Players have tomorrow off, and they'll be back in on Wednesday. When, when you say uh, unacceptable or when you say, like, it's an execution thing, do you ever say to the players in the locker room or when you gather them today that this stuff is unacceptable? Well, you're always working with the player. Of course, uh, when you don't execute the right way, it's it's the players and the coaches, you know, because, like I said, the coaches are responsible for the execution of the player, putting them in the right position. You know, so that's what your partnership that you have as a professional football coach and a professional football player. And that bond is strong, and it's a bond that we work together uh, to get the execution done. So when the execution is great, uh, the coach and the player are doing a good job. When the execution needs to improve, uh, the coach and the player need to improve that execution. Coach, you guys were aggressive in the first half. Uh, you went for it, I believe, on fourth down a couple of times. Fourth and two at the Detroit 43, and then fourth and one in the second quarter. You guys decided to kick a field goal of fourth and one at the Detroit 23. When you're making that decision, Coach, is that purely on you, or do you have like an analytics assistant that you're working with for these decisions? Yeah, the decision is, is my decision, um, and I always I always work with uh, the analytics. You know that are up. It's up in the booth. You know Harry's up in the booth. He works with me, and uh, and uh, he does a really good job in terms of you know we're, we decide those things you know prior to the game, but then they actually will will change and adjust based on score differential and, and time left on the game. Did you did you think about going for it on fourth and one? I know you kicked the field goal. You go up twelve instead of nine, but at that point you, you're having a lot of success. And it is a fourth and one. Was that a difficult decision for you guys? And why did you make the decision you did? Yeah, you're talking about the last one to go up 12? Yeah, the, the, it was fourth and one, I believe, yeah. when you guys came. Yeah, the, yeah to, go up, to go up 12, yeah, yeah. no doubt, because you go up two scores. And at that point, you know, if you look at the game at that point, you know, it's uh, – you know, warranted to do that. You know, we were playing really well on offense and defense. We just had a, a long drive on offense, and we had a three and out, you know, on defense um, to set that long drive up. And, uh, you know, it was it was where the game was at that time. I want to ask you also about a couple other strategic decisions as we talked to Matt Eberflus. Uh, a lot of fans wanted to know this, and they wanted me to ask you this. It's 1914, you guys score. Uh, why, didn't, why didn't you go for two there to go up 21-14? Yeah, because it's a it's a that is a third quarter 
uh, decision. You know, it's a third quarter, fourth quarter decision. You still have time, uh, time and possessions there. So it's a third quarter decision. Go for one. If that was in the fourth quarter, you, you, you would go for two. And then how about late in the game? So Detroit's driving. They get the first and goal situation from the one. And you guys call the timeout there. There uh, are some of us who wonder, hey, what about letting them scramble, get up to the line of scrimmage, use it down to clock it? You sort of settled them down. Is there any reluctance to use a timeout in that position for you? Uh, no. That was the best chance to give us a chance to, uh, to, you know, to have a rebuttal. Um, and we didn't get that done, but uh, that's why we called the timeout there. Was there anything that you watched on film, Coach? Like, and I know this is hindsight, and you can't coach in hindsight. But is there anything after watching the film that you would do differently in the final five minutes of that game? Yeah, I'll just go back to what I said. It, it comes down to execution with the players and the coaches. You know, that's what it is. We need to put the players in position, and the players got to make the plays. And that's that's what wins games. Um, you know, in, in the final minutes. And, you know, that's what we did a week prior to, you know, in the Carolina game. We, we made the plays down the stretch um, to win that game, and, and that's what we got to continue to do. And, Coach, you, bre- you touched on it briefly, the play of Justin after sitting out for four games. If you could just kind of give us your thoughts on how he played and, and how comfortable are you having him carry the football 18 times, or is that just a product of how this game unfolds? Yeah, I think it was a product of the way this unfolded. You know, uh, some of those are, are read plays where he's going to either hand it off or take it. And, uh, you know, the way they were playing us at this particular time, he was taking some of those. Um, so that's why the carries were up a little bit. And uh, what I was most uh, impressed by was his, his scrambling. So he, he would scramble, you know, when the pocket broke down, but he, he had his eyes down the field and really did a nice job of getting the ball to DJ a couple times and getting the ball down to, to Cole, um, you know, before he crossed the line of scrimmage. And that was, that was really good to see. Uh, another a player that I want to ask you about is Jalen Johnson. We, we've talked on this show about your relationship with Jalen. Last week there was a play against uh, Bryce Young where he seemed like he didn't want to make a tackle and he sort of olayed it. This game he dropped an interception that could have been run back for a score. Um, he had a bad penalty in there as well. Are you worried at all that Jalen is distracted by the contract situation and have you discussed it with him? No, Jalen's a true pro. He's, he comes to work every single day, and again, he, he wants those plays. He's going to make those plays in the future, um, you know, in these next few games. And again, he stepped in front of that one uh, interception there. He's just got to look it in all the way. And, and again, the you know, you talk about penalties. You know, I thought he was in a decent position there. He's got to you know continue to look back. And again, we'll we'll look at that and see what the uh, the officials say when they send us back the uh, the report. Um, but, yeah, he's a true pro. He's been working his tail off, and he continues to be the same guy every day. How about Montez? I, I think at the end of the day he had played 63% of the snaps. Does it, that seem a little low for your most impactful defensive player, and do you expect that number to go up as time goes on? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's always, you know, relative, you know, because, you know, that we had a couple of two minutes. I think we had 17 two-minute plays, I believe it was, and then, we're you know, we're you know out there only, you know, a short period of time because of the way our offense was munching the clock. You know, so we had a limited plays yesterday, and we were trying to keep them fresh during those two-minute uh, drives. But, you know, you certainly want your best players playing as, as most they can, but we platoon our defensive line back and forth, right. and that's always going to be the case. We want them to be fresh. Should I mean like we, we, as far as like the highest paid guys and the stars should they be platooned less? 
Well, like I said, he, he said he's playing 63%, right? So we'll, we'll, you know, we'll look to look at that number and see where it is. But uh, like I said, we always like to have him fresh. Coach, uh, we appreciate uh, you coming on with us. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. There you go. There's a Matt Eberflus who uh, does uh, does honor his commitment and come on with oh, us, yeah. and he faces the music, 312-332-3776. He's sticking. I heard the press conference, and the line that he had been using was, um, the players have to execute more, the coaches have to execute more. There's nothing tangibly that he would do differently, not like people have discussed the soft defense in the last couple of drives, um, the the fourth down plays, kicking field goals instead of going for it. I heard Eberflus say on the pregame show with Jeff Joniak that he said, um, even with Dan Campbell coaching and him being a go-for-it guy, that could expand the margins, but sure. it wasn't the case late in the game. Um, the going for two, I didn't go for two late. A lot of fans wanted to know why not go for two there. Like I've heard that before. Other coaches say that they don't even consider the chart on going for two until the fourth quarter. I don't know if that's changed recently where more coaches do the math earlier in the game and they think about that because if you execute and you get two, again, this is in hindsight, but a lot of people ask this in real time, that if you get the two there, you know, you're talking about a 14-point game uh, instead of a 12-point game late in the ball game. I just wish... Again, as I'm watching a game, there's a certain flow to a game. If you are struggling, you'll take a different approach. If you're not struggling, and by the way, this team is 3-7, and seven, so my default, my hope is, is that their default is to err on the side of aggression. Because, again, you're 3-7. and seven. There's nothing really here to protect. I'm not asking you to be reckless because I've called Brandon St- or whatever his name is, Staley, not aggressive but reckless at times. So I'm not preaching recklessness. But I would, I, I would hope that they would err on the side of being aggressive, especially when you've got it rolling. Like you said, they had the ball for 40 minutes. They were controlling the clock. They were moving the football. They had all of the momentum in the world. And when the game is going that direction, my hope is, is that you're more likely to hit the accelerator as opposed to be playing in a conventional style. So when they kicked the field goal on fourth and one, I get it. Mathematically, you know, Meller and I are having this conversation. I know you go from a nine-point game to a 12-point game. I know you take it from a game where you can get beat by a touchdown and a field goal versus a game that it's going to take two touchdowns for the opponent to give you. But you've got 14 minutes left in the game. It's fourth and one. You've gone for it from fourth and short previously. You're rolling. Your quarterback is feeling it. I just wish in those moments, as a 3-7 and seven football team trying to define yourself with momentum at your back, that we're going to err on the side of aggression and not err on the side of being cautious. Yeah, That's it, just my hope. It's an interesting perspective. Whether, whether, right. whether you're also with the two-minute, like this is when you asked me earlier in the game, I said, I don't even know what the chart tells you. Do you start worrying about two in the fourth quarter? If I'm this team... And you're rolling a little bit and feeling good about yourself, and you're a three and seven, and you're in their building. You've taken their crowd of it, out of it. I don't care what the chart says. Be aggressive. Err on the side of aggression. That's what I would hope at this point. You're not winning Jack Diddley Poo this year. Like you learn how to win, you learn how to make plays in big moments. I would just appreciate and 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 would hope for them to. Be a more aggressive group based on how things are going. Look, and I, I don't know if I speak for all Bears fans, but I know it bothers me and it bothers a lot of Bears fans. 
when I I start that interview off and I ask the simple question, what bothered you most from the last five minutes of that game? And he starts by reading all the positives, going through his talking points, like he's being prepared or he's going through that. He's filibustering like that's that's again. You just had one of the all-time historic losses in NFL history. I read you the stat about the plus three and the 40 minutes. Uh, Yes, if there are growth periods, there's growth periods. But the headline is a coach who only has six games, six wins in his Bears tenure lost another one. And lost another one that he was up two scores on the heels of being up three scores against Denver. On the heels of being up two scores against Detroit last year. To read about moral victories doesn't do anybody any good at this point. Like just the only accountable guy there is the Division II quarterback who stands up after the game and he says, put that one on me a couple of games ago. Like the uh, coach could learn a little about that. This I, is, I don't this, understand this it. This has been a problem for for this crew. I think, especially this year, we all understood what last year was about. Yeah, that, right, year, and that's why I was more apt to let it go. But right. when it becomes a trend, listen uh, of these ninety five percent chance of winning, and you continue to lose these games that you should be winning, and now you're owing three in those games. Now it's a big, big issue. Yeah, I mean, what you want to hear is this is not good enough it's on any front. Enough. The players, the coaches, and we're not going to tolerate this. Right. If we don't get it fixed, there will be significant change. Right. Uh, of course. And it doesn't fix it. No. It doesn't make things better. But at least it's it's not the pass. Like, just again, the, the uh, moral victory crowd thing. I don't get it. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. This is Chicago. This is this is awful. What 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 happened yesterday? Like you've got to finish that game. You have to. Um, all right, we'll take all of your phone calls. What'd you think of Eberflus? What'd you think of that game? What is your mood today? We want to hear from all of you. We have no more guests the rest of the way. Uh, so we will we take. We canceled them all. We canceled. All of our guests. We, had we them, canceled. We had eight lined up. Yeah. We are down to zero now because of you, the fan. We'll get to all your calls and our thoughts on that game coming up next. Waddle and Sylvie, from our State Street studio to your hellish commute home, we're there with you making it bearable. Never mind. Back to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. Here's Goff, rewind, snap back. Again, the protection holds. He's going to rifle deep to the end zone. He's got an open man. Touchdown, Detroit. Williams with the touchdown. Jamison Williams wide open, sneaking away from coverage on the back end. And the Lions pulled within six with 2.59 left in the game. Back is Montgomery to the right of Goff. Takes, gives to Montgomery, plunges into the middle of the end zone, standing up. And a triumphant spike of the football, surrounded by his Honolulu Blue teammates and the Lions. Have a one-point lead with 29 seconds to go. An 11-play, 73-yard drive covered in two minutes and four seconds. Rushers are split wide. Hutchinson rushing off Darnell Wright. He's coming quickly on. Fields the ball, comes out, bouncing around. It's kicked out of the back of the end zone by Wright. Safety. Hutchinson takes the ball and kicks it into the stands. Hutchinson was coming strong. Off the right tackle. 
31-26 now, Detroit. Ah, uh, the uh, call right here on ESPN 1000. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer. I, I had a good recline going in the uh, new love seat from Steinhoffel's Waddle. And we were texting in our group chat, and we were celebrating Yurko for calling Bears money line. We were oh, telling yeah. Carmen to bring back a montage to celebrate the great prediction that Yurko came up with. And then the next thing you know, Oof. touchdown, you heard one of them, and then you heard the second one, and then and then the uh, the safety. And, uh, and then there I was, instead of on the new couch, I was on that damn swing again. I couldn't believe I was on that swing yesterday. Could not believe it. The swing of sadness. Bears lose. We're taking your calls, 332-3776. And how about these numbers? The final minute and 45 of the first half, this defense, after playing very well for the first, what would it be, 28 and a half minutes, 28 and 15, they gave up a 75-yard touchdown drive at the end of the half. And then in the final four minutes, they gave up, a 100, gave up 148 yards, two touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. I think that's so good by you because that was my theme on the halftime show is after all that, where you felt like the Bears had control of that first half, yeah. the Bears were trailing. Yes. And because of, because of that, and they didn't score as much as you thought, but then they reclaimed it in the third quarter, and boy, did they reclaim it. And, and you have the 12-point lead. And it, so what? he's not going to answer. He just says execution and coaching. What what is happening to this team from your eyes? I think that, in, in in the end of the half and at the end of the game, I, I think they lack aggression. I think for whatever reason, you know, I mean, a lot of teams are guilty of it. You go into a two minute kind of prevent defense, which prevents you from making plays. Why do they and do I, that if that's happened no, so often? I have no often. idea. I have no idea. But then again, it is making plays. Think of the list of the plays that were missed: Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson on the touchdown pass. I, I thought Yurko. Dialed it up brilliantly. He said to you perfectly that Jalen Johnson was getting width instead of depth. Like there, you cannot let that guy behind you in that coverage under any circumstance. That was a pitch and catch that high school kids make. That is a player mistake. The Tremaine Edmonds, you know, missed tackle. That's a mistake. Trying to get these guys out of bounds or keep them in bounds and letting them get out of bounds. The Tyler Scott mistake, not running under the football. So uh, The look, fumble earlier. The fumble earlier. I can sit here and tell you that the coaching staff is unacceptable in a lot of spots. And I'm not going to argue with you. But I think at times it becomes too much of a crutch. And we don't put enough emphasis on the players and the mistakes they're making. Like, somebody make a tackle. Somebody keep a, a, a Lions receiver tight end in, in play. Somebody follow the rules and regulations of your defensive scheme. Jalen Johnson, take that pick in the first quarter and take it all the way back to the end zone. That's a pick six. You want to be paid like a top five corner? Make a top five corner play. You know, Tyler Scott, again, run under the football. Like, I can give you a list of, of plays that weren't made by their players that keep them from winning. I can also, you know, listen, I have you know certain things about the coaching staff that I can also be upset about and critical of. Yeah. But it's a combination of the both. Like, I think the first thing that game happens and everyone immediately says, fire the coach, he's the reason why we lose. He didn't screw up the coverage. Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson did. He didn't stop running. 
Tyler Scott did. He didn't miss the tackle. Tremaine Edmonds did. He didn't let Laporta go out of bounds. One of the other Bears defenders did. Did he put them in position with his play calls to take advantage of what they do best? Maybe not. But at the end of the day, if you think that's just a coaching problem, I think that your head's in the sand. You've got to expect your players as well as your coaches to deliver. And right now, this is not a group of players that knows how to win. Right. And it, well, is that, and is it maybe too because they're not being coached? Probably. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it all it's goes that, together. Like, and, and, and I know what you're saying. You're exactly right. The, the, the zoom in coaching thing isn't exact why they made, uh, like why they lost on everything. The coaches have, the players have to execute. Like in the, in the big picture scenario, like, what I was getting nervous about whether Eberflus is getting coming back. The dude is six and twenty-two overall. Yeah. Like if we're gonna judge Justin and we're gonna say, hey, Justin has to do this, this, and that, there's no way that a coach who is six and twenty-two, who is 0-9 in the division, who has never won two in a row in his career as a Chicago Bear, and has presided over three of the worst comeback losses. In the history of the franchise, can come and, back next year and two and of his, his assistants. assistants, right? Like, like he's on the phone. This is why I, I'm encouraging you to to, to kind right. of sleep easy. Well, well, again, it's still the Bears. Like, like True. they've got to get it. They don't get the benefit of the doubt, even with Kevin Warren here. I'm hoping he's the saving grace. Until I see it, then I'll believe it. Okay. Um, but but there's no there's nothing there tangibly. That he is passed. So he can say players executing that he's the re- he's been coaching these players. These are his guys. And and then to just hear the oh gosh darn, we did a lot of good things right. We played a really good fifty seven minutes. And it was the last three where we were No. Listen, I thought coming into this game and I, I enunciated it more than once, it wasn't just Justin Fields who was on a seven game y- y- you know, exhibition here. This is about their coaches, too. And if they want to build some job security, they had to go out there and perform. Justin answered the bell. The coaching staff did not. Right. This is the easiest decision in Chicago sports history, if you ask me. about what, what the, Without a defensive coordinator and a running backs coach already here, with a coach's record that mirrors Rich Kotite, you know, which makes – which he's making Mark Tressman look like a Lombardi not Mike Lombardi. No, Vince. no, Vince. Vince. Yeah. His offense looks like Vince Lombardi. Uh, it, you like this is the easiest decision in Chicago sports history. There's never been a more open and shut case before. And then the collapses again. To, to just read you these again, and I read them to him from Doug Coletti since 1932. No NFL team with a plus three turnover margin and 40 minutes of time of possession had ever lost that game. That's in NFL history. It was a 48-0 record until the Bears lost yesterday. And then in the Denver game, the 21-point lead that the Bears had late in that third quarter, it was the tied for the largest blown lead in franchise history. All 100, what, four years or whatever it's been, uh, that equaled a 2002 Three touchdown lead against the Patriots and a 1953 three touchdown lead against the Niners. These are historic, not bad losses, not awful losses. These are historic losses that Matt Eberflus is presiding over. And that's why you don't need Ambien. It's it, it's right. 
Well, I, I, I still can use mel- the melatonin and the other aids that I take. Because, again, as I said last week, if, in fact, you want to worry about this, you, then you're probably sitting at home worrying about nuclear war. Because no, guess no. what? Because if, if, if all of this continues to happen and they don't make a change, it's so much worse than you could have ever anticipated. Keith in Kansas City, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Keith? Hey, hey, got a few things to say. You know, so number one, Waddle, you know, uh, you know, I've been listening to you guys over the years, but it is coaching because, you know, number one, we need to run some play action off Justin Fields' little, uh, you know, the option route or something to try to keep Detroit off bay. I don't understand why we're still trying to have a, you know, nine to 12 point lead. I thought coaching was supposed to go from a two to three possession game. It really doesn't matter. You know, I watched over the years, you know, Mark Tressman and Dave McGinnis, you know, Fluke, Matt Nagy, uh, you know, the quarterback, you know, the, the Terrell Owens game. We had 23 catches or something in the game. So it, it didn't surprise me yesterday with the Bears, you know, so it starts at the top. Like I said, um, it's just kind of, it, it hurts. You know, because I've watched him over the years doing this crap. And for Matt Eberflus not to really care and just kind of go back to, you know, kind of saying it's coaching and everything, yes, we know it's coaching. But to have some type of accountability, it's not like he's not even stepping up to that. He kind of want to reflect that as a collective blame, but ultimately is one person. But it starts at the top. I think we're honestly cursed or something, guys, because back in 2006, that's when I went my wife. You know, today is my, my anniversary. Oh, happy that's anniversary. Oh, well, yeah, tomorrow's my birthday, okay? Happy oh. birthday. I, I got married, so, you know, never forget. Did she give you, know, you double before. the gifts, though? Like, did she get you a full anniversary gift and a no, full birthday gift, or do you me? combine them? So what has she gotten me? Well, since I met her in 2006, the Bears, that's the year the Bears went to the Super Bowl, right? Other than that, it's been horrible ever since. Well, well that's <laughs> you know? not your wife's fault, though. Yeah. Are you blaming yeah, your wife for that? I'm from Kansas City, so Ooh, now I'm in Kansas okay. City, right? So now I have to look at a franchise who just takes, you know, just it's just the coaching, guys, because if, even if we had Pat Mahomes, we would have screwed up his career somehow because of the coaching. Back it's just that. all it lines up that the Bears are cursed. I'm convinced because, you know, like I said, Patrick Mahomes, any other team, they make adjustments. You know, we don't even run crossing routes in our routes. You know, we don't even switch things up. We're like just first to second down, run the ball, third down, we're going to try some type of screen play. You know, or try to use our athleticism. You know, what Blue say, give it to our skill guys. Well, you got to put your skill guys in position to win. So, like I said, coaching does have a lot to do with it. Going from a two to three possession game, nine to twelve points. I don't care. Go for the touchdown. Try to do something. You know, I mean, it, you, Keith, you know what I'm saying. Thanks. But, thanks. Have a happy anniversary. Okay. Thank you, sir. And a happy birthday. There's Keith. 332-3776. Let's get to all of your calls. I also want to debate here in a little bit uh, the the calling the timeout. I think the majority of people agreed with Eberflus late in the game about calling the timeout with the Lions on the goal line. But there was a good debate earlier on Carmen and Yurko. All of your phone calls coming up. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Third down and nine, deafening noise here at Ford Field. Snap back by Feeney to Fields. Pressure holds, throwing deep down the field for Tyler Scott, diving at the 28. He cannot retrieve it. Had a step on the dive, couldn't reel it in. It is fourth down. Lions are getting the football back. With a timeout and a two-minute warning, down five. 
Look, I love the chance there. I love the yeah. throw. I hated the Tyler Scott slowed up. You're a receiver. Got to run through the football. That's an opportunity for a young player to define himself. You spend your entire career, especially if you're a later pick or a free agent, just yearning for moments like that. Like, that defines a player, especially after you fumbled earlier in the game. Right under it. I I had way more problems with a head coach and some of the decision-making and big-picture scenarios in the defense, soft coverages. Then I did with Lucchetti. I, I like DJ in Kansas City tweeted about is Lucchetti fired yet? I thought Lucchetti actually had a good day yesterday. I, I like the game plan they had with Justin. I like that he put his nuts on the table. I, I, I'm not necessarily a big fan of putting your nuts on the table, but I do like that it was gutsy. What did DJ want him to be fired for? In this I, game. I, I don't know. I think it's an easy it's an easy cop out. I, I've uh, heard a lot of the taking the ball out of Justin's hands. Again, I mean, like, that's, like that's, last that's week against Carolina, idea. what they did with Bajan is they gave him an opportunity to throw it on third down and short, right? And he threw the slant route to Mooney, and they sealed the, the game, and everyone was high-fiving. And that's the way that you you aggressively call plays. Right. It was the same damn thing, but our guys didn't execute if, it. If that is caught by Tyler Scott it's like over. it's supposed to be, not only is it over. Do you know what? We're, we're walking. You know, we're we're, we're doing big marbles, Getty, and, and we're talking about Justin Fields putting Absolutely. an exclamation mark on his first step to claiming his job long term. Yeah. And we may have done that, too. Like, who knows? I have no clue what they're going to do at the end of the season. But I thought I thought Fields played as well as he could play. I thought that's about as clean as I've seen him. He played very well. But most importantly, because it was something that I was focusing on, play clean. And I think it was something you mentioned as well. And you realize at the end of the first half, there were no sacks taken and no turnovers. So ball was coming out quick. And I thought the one thing that he did that... We all know that he's he's very accurate on the move, but he moved, and I think Eberflus mentioned it a touch. He moved at times in the pocket to create an opportunity to throw. The touchdown of DJ Moore is a perfect example. In years gone by, Justin probably tucks that and runs. So he evades a little bit of a rush. He steps up firm in the pocket, and instead of running, because he could have gained five or ten yards, he throws a dime to DJ Moore. That's growth. After missing him earlier in the game. Right. And then but, he hit him this time. But this is what you want from your quarterback. Because you want him to move in the pocket, not just for right. the sake of running, it. but to throw it. Yes. yes. So I think it's growth big picture and it's yes. growth small picture because yeah. he missed him earlier. Absolutely. And he grew from the miss and he hit him. It wasn't a perfect. I mean, like, I thought for the most part, again, that's as clean a game. Ball comes out quick. He didn't take unnecessary sacks. He played clean. He was accurate. He was effective with running the football. He made really good decisions on the read options. I, yeah, I thought he, you know, I mean, you can't point to that kid and say, no. hey, you're the reason why we did anything other than good stuff. He played great. Uh, Sal in Connecticut, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Sal? Hey, a couple of points. Uh, first, you brought up Luke Getze. Uh Once they get rid of this coaching staff, Luke Getze, I would keep around as an assistant uh, quarterback coach or offensive an assistant, a, a play caller, because he is 39 years old. So I would do that. Second, a, a second point, on fourth and one, as Vince Lombardi says, if you can't get one yard, you don't deserve to win. And the third point, on third and nine, with 254 uh, left in the game, they, Detroit calls a timeout. 
how do you not get the ball to DJ Moore? How do you not have DJ Moore on the sidelines? Okay, you're our number one wide receiver. What play can we run for you to get open and pick up nine yards? Instead, you throw the ball to Tyler Scott. That's like in 1999, the Bulls against the Utah Jazz. If Phil Jackson, instead of giving the ball to uh, Michael Jordan, you've got to complete that, though. That's a perfectly thrown ball. You, you know what he does? But you give it to DJ Moore. number one receiver. To also, to, to use the basketball analogy, how many times did we see them? Steve Kerr hit the shot. Right, or John, John Paxson. Paxson. Like, I mean, other guys. But, but, but Phil Jackson in a timeout uh, uh, gave the ball to Michael. He's okay. your best wide receiver. You give him the ball. And, and by the way, DJ's open on that route. So is Tyler yeah. Scott. And you're quarterback decided to make the throw down the field and it was a really good throw and the young receiver decided that he was going to slow up instead of run through the football like i'm well, not going to fault justin at all for making that, that read I'm not, I'm, not fault, I'm not faulting i'm not faulting justin i'm faulting matt Eberfield. well what that is isn't that what what waddle's saying is that isn't it time that there are there there's enough blame for Eberflus. we're all blaming Eberflus. he's not a good coach but what Waddle's saying is, isn't there points in the game where we just say that the player needs to execute there? And isn't that where Tyler Scott's got to execute? Yeah, but you're uh, you're asking a, a rookie fourth rounder to execute a play. Time out, make time out. Sal, you're blaming the coach for the decision of the quarterback. Justin made the decision. What I'm saying is when Detroit called that timeout, you have DJ Moore, Justin Field uh, on the sidelines. Okay, okay, guys, what play can we run where uh, DJ, you get open? We he pick was open. Nine, Sal, and he call, chose and, to and throw the, the ball to Tyler Scott. DJ Moore is open on a drag route across the field for a first down. He was the first down. You're right. And that's in the, the game. And that's, and that's, and that's, and that's but game what's over. your point? You're blaming the coach when the quarterback made a decision to throw to one open guy versus the other open guy. And the ball was delivered perfectly. Like I don't know who, why you want to blame. Who you're looking to blame for that? I'm, I'm looking to blame the coach because the ball should have gone to DJ Moore. He's That's your, the he's quarterback's your one fault. If you want to place blame, the quarterback decided to go to this open guy versus that open guy. Like, I, I mean, like this is I don't get it. I don't get. Well, what this this is the question that should have been asked to Matt Eberflew. Did you throw? Was the reason why that you that you threw the long bomb was? Hey, if it gets intercepted, at least they'll get the ball at the twenty yard line. No, that was the play design. Short. The play that, design was the first option to go to DJ. And if if Justin didn't like the look, he had a Tyler Scott open. If you look at the play, DJ Moore is coming so, on a thanks. crossing route. That gets beyond a linebacker. He's coming wide open when DJ he or when Justin decides to throw the deep ball. I have zero mm, problem with too. Justin's reading of the route and throwing of the football. The young man who we have constantly stayed on for making good decisions and stepping up and believing in what you see and throwing it did just that. Right. And Tyler Scott stopped running. Oh, we're bringing it back. He stopped Listen, running. I felt like Sal brought, we're brought back the we had wheel. To bring out a we're bringing back the wheel. Call a roulette, my friends. You wow. never know what you're going to get. If you want to be irritated that uh, that ball should go to DJ Moore, that's a Justin decision, and and I can't fault his decision because it was a good read and yeah, a good I'm not, throw. I'm not. And the other guy didn't hold up his end of the bar. Tyler Scott was drafted in a in a fourth round position to make that play. It's the second half of the season. Make the damn play. Yes. Make the play. But again, my, to, back to Sal, that is not a – I can find a thousand other things to right. bring the coaches for. I would have right. gone for it on fourth and one. I'd have been more aggressive defensively down the stretch in the end of the first half and in the final four minutes. 
I can find a thousand things right. to be upset. Not that. That's not that's not Matt Eberflus's or Getsy, right? Right. Or Getsy. Three three two three seven seven six. Wanted to get to all of your phone calls are coming up. What about? And here is an Eberflus question. And I think people are split on this. Maybe I may even be in the minority. Um, should the Bears have taken that timeout with twenty nine seconds left, with the Lions and the clock running at first and goal at the one yard line? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We'll discuss that next.